Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Well, we had planned our glorious return to the airwaves to be brimming with positivity and good vibes, but this is a pod rocked by the news that Marco Onautovic has handed in a transfer request. It appears as though Chris Brammer has done the same, and so it's me, Ben Cartwright and Zach Deakin for this episode, where not only will we be talking about this news, we'll also be discussing our other transfer business, which won't take long, and we'll be reacting to Stokes Friendly with New Chattel Zamax, which is taking place as we record. Just a heads up, if you're expecting us to talk about the retirement of Johnny Walters, that will be covered in a special Patreon episode. So, you know the drill by now, patreon.com slash wizardsdrivel. On with the show. So, Zach, we'll start with you. Welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? Um, well... After the news today, a bit down uh, heartened. I'd started to get back into the uh, uh, pre-season, um, all that hope uh, again, um, but it's uh, it kind of brought me down to uh, uh, where I was at the end of the season, really. So um, hoping we can do something tonight and uh, bring the optimism back up again. Um, ben, obviously, it's uh, it's been a, a day of high emotion, uh, certainly online, but. Um, you, you get the sense that uh, this has kind of rocked everyone at the club. There's there's just been a p- picture released uh, before this friendly of Arnautovic um, on his own away from the group, uh, clearly having a bit of a sulk or whatever. Um, what 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 your initial reactions to to this news? Uh, the first word I'm going to use is disbelief. Just utter disbelief. I, when I saw the tweet had come through, I just it was one of those moments where you, you always see random rumours throughout the transfer window. We've all been on the oatcake um, through summers past and not believed a single word is said. So on Twitter, obviously, you need to, to check the validity of, of the tweets at hand. And, and this time it came with sort of Rob Dorsett of Sky. And I think there's a Times journalist with, a, with that sort of blue tick and 100,000 followers. So it looked like there was some truth in the matter and... And then yeah, it just turned. I went through a few stages of different emotions. Originally, it was it was sadness, and then it was anger, and then it was confusion. Really, I don't I don't I don't see why this has happened. A lot of people saying about the money side of things, about lack of ambition. I'm sure we'll be talking about those reasons more in depth in a while. But but yeah, it's it's been a strange day to be a Stoke fan, and not a nice one because I I I just didn't expect it. Where where has this come from? And not only did that news come through, um, servers carrying the Stoke friendly, uh, the the Stoke City Plus isn't working, and that's all fallen apart. So it's not it's not been the best of days uh, to to be a Stoke fan. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> back to the Yarny deal then. Uh, last summer, Marco Natovic was supposedly the subject of interest from Everton, but that situation resolved itself in the form of a new contract. So with the main candidates for a signature being West Ham this time around, Zach, do you see this as just Arnautovic manoeuvring for a big payday or do you sort of buy the arguments about uh, a lack of ambition at Stoke? Um, I I don't think it's about money. Um, I, I can see the argument about ambition. Um, I think last year I was surprised we kept him last season. Um and I think we probably did that on the basis of selling him a vision of the club. And I don't think that vision was realised in the last the last year. I mean, the treatment of Bojan, the treatment of Mbula, I think it raises questions for a player like Anatovic about what he actually has going for him at Stoke City. Um, I mean, I'd be gutted to lose him to West Ham because I think it'd be a sideways move for him. 
Um, but whether that's him trying to angle for a, even a bigger move abroad or whatever, I don't think I can really blame him, but I'd be absolutely gutted. Uh, ben, um, a, the big debate being, uh, is this uh, a player just being greedy or is it or is it a player uh, just so disheartened with the kind of recent history at Stoke? I, I just pictured uh, the sort of the, the lap of dishonour, as we'll call it, at the end of the Arsenal game at the end of last season where I think there was about 10 people left in the stands and just that kind of image I think can kind of really affect a player he's he's seen a half empty stadium for this lap of honour we've just got battered by Arsenal one of many batterings that season a season where we've really just underperformed do you do you think um do do you think that's played the the biggest part in this decision I think it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, everyone's going to have their own idea as to as to what has happened, why why this has happened. I mean, maybe there's a bit of a debate whether it has actually happened. A couple of people on Twitter sort of saying is like is this sort of agent talk. But anyway, I won't get into that. won't get into that now. Um, I think there's definitely potential for it to be the money thing with the sort of I think it's the rumor eighty thousand pound pay cap. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but there's definitely that rumor that well, there's definitely a wage structure at Stoke that. I think the owners are sort of reticent to to just ditch, um, and it would be confusing if it was the sort of West Ham that he went to, because obviously they can play him a bit more. But as Zach mentioned, they are on a level a level pegging. So maybe it is that fact that atmosphere at the club at the end of the season, or during the whole season that we sort of moaned about throughout last year maybe he was listening to the to the wizards of drivel podcast himself and he realized the the angst that was around surrounding the, the football club last season i don't know um but it certainly if i was in his shoes and i saw that that uh, that empty stadium at the end of the season a season where he's had a bit of jip like as he always sort of seems to do because people think he's lazy for some reason and people think he's had a bad attitude he he must notice when what fans say in the, in the stand sometimes I mean the atmosphere hasn't been loud enough to drown out those those harsh comments from the stand so he's probably heard a few things in the stands and and, and you've got to think about what that does to a player um, if he's certainly in my mind one of our best players so if he thinks of himself very highly which I'm sure he does then he's hearing these these comments coming coming from a certain group of fans and he's not going to be happy with it and and maybe that's all come together. All of those different reasons have come together to sort of think, hang on a second, if I'm going to get paid somewhere, paid more somewhere else for a club that maybe would appreciate me completely, I'm not saying that, that we don't appreciate him, but maybe that's come into his mind. Um, why won't? Why, why wouldn't he do that? The the West Ham of it of it all though is uh, uh. is what's the the real the real kind of gripe, I suppose. I, I think there's a sense whenever a player moves on, certainly from a club of our level that you know Begovic is going to Chelsea fine and Zonzi's going to Sevilla fine but to go to a club who I don't know where they finished in the league last season but there's definitely a club of our status in the Premier League at least you can make all the arguments you like about being a bigger club or whatever but they're, they're definitely a mid-table Premier League club as are we so obviously when he it when they're the candidates it's it's massively frustrating but what I don't get is like the suggestion or the idea that they've got so much more money than us like why is an offer from West Ham so tempting it's not an offer from China it's not 
you know, a, a team like QPR who've had loads and loads of money. I, I just don't understand it. It makes you it makes you wonder what was said to Arnautovic last season. Obviously, you mentioned Jack as well that the fact that a lot of us, I think, including yourself, Dave, certainly myself, I didn't re- I didn't really think that Arnautovic was going to stay on last summer. And and when he signed on, there was a loss of happiness around the place because a lot of people didn't expect it to happen. So you don't know if you just said right this season we're really going to be pushing on for for the Europa League. We've we've come close in the last couple of seasons in terms of maybe pushing for it. This season is our season, and, and that's gone horribly wrong, obviously. Um, and then I was like, "Well, West Ham sort of come in. They've obviously they're a club with they they sort of come out with ambition. I mean, it's not really working for them on the field at the moment, but but they're spending a lot of money. They've obviously got the the new stadium and whatever you think of that. And they are, I guess, a a, a club rich in history as much as as that pains me to say. So maybe." That all of those things come into context. Maybe West Ham, whoever their representatives, I don't know how it works, have gone to his agent and said, like, right, if Arnautovic comes, he's going to be a big part of what we want to do. We're going to be pushing for Europe. We're spending XXX. We're doing this and this and that. And that's all come together and been like, right, that sounds like that suits a player of my quality because he's certainly got that quality. Um, and, and whereas at Stoke, it's, it's seemingly the complete opposite of that. Not that I want to be too it's- negative. Zach, are we kind of overreacting to this news? I mean, a lot of people have said, you know, no one player is bigger than the club. You know, we've we've had major players leave in the past. And a lot of people pointing out that we've got Ramadan Sobi who can come in and really show us what he's got now. So um, uh, has there been a kind of overreaction to this, this news? I certainly don't think it's been an overreaction. I think uh, actually it's been rather understated. Uh, the comments I've seen, I've seen plenty of people saying, fine, off you go. Um, I think that's uh, dangerous and worrying. I think even when we were playing uh, good stuff the season before last, well, the f- first half of the season before last, um, he was he was everything we were, about everything we were doing. He was a, he was pivotal and um, central to our our play. Um, in fact, I think um, our position in the table has rather done us um, just not really done us justice in terms of. Uh, where we should actually be, I thought last season. Um, I think Arnautovic's goals, his assists, even his work rate, which he gets no credit at all for, um, really does us um, such a good service. And I think it, I, I would be very worried going into next season if he wasn't with the club. Well, as a follow-up to that, then how much is Arnautovic actually worth? The Telegraph have reported we've rejected a fifteen million pound bid. But do you think we'll be able to get much more than that? Um, I think it depends where he goes. I certainly wouldn't be selling him to a Premier League rival for anything less than £25 million if you were going to sell him at all. Um, I don't know if an offer from abroad came in. Um, we'd look at it differently. But if he's going, we've got to look at bringing someone in. I, I like Ramadan Selby, uh, but we're talking about um, our talisman uh, and losing him for anything less than... A, a very good amount of money would be uh, an absolute travesty. Ben, do you do you even trust the Stoke uh, transfer team to get that sum of money for him? Because you know, we, we've had the famous example of Nzonzi where, look, looking at it with hindsight, he's definitely gone for way less than probably what he should have done. No, I don't. In one word, no, I don't trust the. <laughs> I don't trust them at all. I mean, the fact that there's no sell-on clause or anything like that on Onzonzi's deal sort of flared up earlier in the summer. With the, I think Juventus were rumoured to be interested. Um, yeah, I don't trust them. But 
in a way you kind of have to because we are definitely in the one positive or maybe one of the positives to take from this is that we are in we have got the upper hand here we've got a few years left on his contract he's a player that we don't need to sell by any stretch of the imagination obviously the transfer request if there is if that has happened makes it a bit more complicated um but i think we've been in we were in that position with Enzonzi before we sold him um a season before anyway mm -hmm. so there is. It does not mean that we're definitely selling him, so that can play to our advantage. Obviously, the prices of everyone is are so inflated, as we all know. Fifty million pounds for Sigurdsson, which at Swansea is. I'd I'd argue that sort of a similar level of player for the club. Like Sigurdsson is obviously very important for Swansea. Arnautovic is hugely important for us. So, if we're going to sell him, I wouldn't. I really. I'd be upset if it was any lower than thirty million pounds because I think with with lower than that. You're not going to be able to get a player anywhere close to Arnautovic's ability, especially at this stage when clubs now would know that we need a player to replace Arnautovic. They, they can just whack the price up, add a couple million pounds onto that price. So, yeah, it's it's sad talking about potential prices when you don't want the player to leave because it's you're sort of almost giving up on him. They don't want to give up on him. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see and. I, I want thirty million pounds. Does that mean that I expect us to get that price or more? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Right. So yeah, onto this question of ambition. We seem to be spending a lot less than in other years. And yes, I know it's still early days, but why is this, Zach? Do you think the board have kind of lost trust with Mark Hughes and and spending money? Um. I don't know if it's a question of trust because if you look at previous seasons, we've not spent as much as other teams even then. Um, I think it's probably our view of the transfer market in terms of um, we see what we see as realistic figures for players, including our own players, and refusing to kind of like pay more or bargain for more money when it uh, when it's the other way around. Um, I don't know. I think in today's market it is, it is extortionate and it is inflated but I suppose if you, you want players you have to pay it and I don't know if we're prepared to do that um, I don't know if the player the, I, don't, I don't know if we're not prepared to do that Yeah Ben um, the the only kind of major move we've been linked with is, is £12 million for Fabian Delft and there's been very little in the sense of us making a, a big signing if you like this window so uh, is is that worrying you? A bit, a bit. Not not hugely. I I don't think it's always necessary to have have a huge signing. What what worries me with that with that signing in connection with the Darren Fletcher signing that has obviously happened as well is that we seem to be doing the same thing as what we've done before, where we're signing players that we don't really need or like that, that that for me don't really sort of suit what we what we need. Um, or suit the system or whatever um, so it's quite a strange one that we're in for Fabian Delft when Imbula's in this friendly is starting the second half he seems to sort of be more involved than I ever expect him to be in this pre-season already um, obviously that it doesn't essentially mean anything Arnautovic is starting this game um, and he's been obviously so heavily linked away as we've talked about today but I don't mind not signing a huge signing when we don't need one I think we're on most positions we have got the players, um, the first team, 11. We need more of a squad rebuilding, I would say. But having said that, it's always nice to have that one marquee signing in the transfer window, especially with the season that we've just had. It would be nice to sort of be linked with a with another, obviously in the Shakiri mould or, or or someone of that ilk where it'd be like, oh my God, we're signing this player. Just to get everyone happy. A Fabian Dell for Darren Fletcher, 
anyone like that is never going to get a Stoke fan really excited. It's nice because maybe we're getting a replacement for Whelan that we've needed, even though that replacement is still very old. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to sort of really pump us up as a fan base again, maybe. But other than that, I don't worry about it too much. Yeah, my my, my question wasn't really sort of like, oh, are you worried we've not signed another Shakiri? It was more sort of like, the Delph is the only player we seem to be mm. interested in right now. I mean, the Bruno deal has gone as is flatlining by the looks of it. So we're potentially losing on out of it. Our best attacking player for me last season, and we've not even got Bruno sorted yeah. yet. Who for me was our best defensive player. So those are our arguably our two strongest assets from last season gone already. And what and so far, yes, I, I still know it's early in July. So far, all we've done is kind of upgrade Glenn Whelan. Thinking, uh, I'd be quite worried if I was inside the Stoke City transfer team because we don't seem to have identified specific targets we want for specific positions. I mean, I, I would be very concerned with the fullback issue, but I don't know if they feel the same. We're giving uh, both Glenn and uh, Bardsley new contracts. Um, so you could only assume uh, they're not interested in a right-back whether Josh Tymon uh, is all we can expect for a new left-back, I don't know. Um, obviously, he's very young, but he sounds like a good prospect. Um, and then, obviously, the, the Bruno deal. I don't. We haven't heard anything more about it since we, it said we wouldn't pay £10 million. I don't know if that was true or, or what. Or, but I'd be very concerned that the, the lack of targets and the lack of will to get them. Yeah, so uh, speaking of uh, prospects coming through, uh, we've heard the news that Ngoi and Valinden have been promoted to the senior squad. Do you reckon this has anything to do with this kind of um, restrained spending almost? If if we're being positive, then yeah, maybe it is. And maybe they're good enough. Obviously, Valinden is the Belgian captain of his age group. He was hampered by injury last season, but he's definitely a prospect. And we all know so much about Ngoi now and, and he could make this step up. But then you say that, and, and are those players in positions that we really need players to um, to to be I mean maybe right wing it would be nice now to have another one um, considering John Walters has gone and we can't fill in um, there anymore but I think Zach brought up a great point this I think centre backs is the biggest issue I mean people have been raising concerns about Shawcross staying um, I don't know how much to sort of read into that and then you've got Muniesa who's obviously been in out of the side it's, it, it's not even known if he wants to stay at the club Walshide again with an awful loan spell um, this year would likely be off you'd expect so the centre-back issue is quite a big one maybe we'd lost out on Harry Maguire signing Harry Maguire so that left us in a bit of a rubbish position I don't know what happened there um, but yeah if we, it seems a very strange one um, for Bruno Martins Indy to not be a Stoke player not be on this pre-season tour and, and if we mess about with that and lose out on him for the sake of £2 million that would be devastating but you look at that centre back position in the youth sides. Are any of them willing? Are, are any of them at the position to step up, like a, an Ngoy, where it's all right to have an attacking player go into the first team? Because at the end of the day, your team doesn't really. Isn't, our team isn't at the moment going to rely on Ngoy, but at the moment we we might be looking at a centre back, um, a youth sort of centre back that we rely on in the end because we've got no one else to play there. It's, it, it's bizarre. Um, I think it's still nil nil against Zamax. The, uh, the this Stoke City Plus is it's completely fallen apart on me, lads. It's, uh, it's an absolute nightmare. So I'm watching it on on YouTube. Um, 
it's it's blocked my IP address. I think that's just a conspiracy against the podcast, but there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so nil-nil with, with Jamax. Uh, thank you to the guy on YouTube who's uh, keeping me across that game. Ooh, that's a nasty challenge. Some guy's just gone in two-footed on Berahino. Disgraceful. Um, how has this news then affected your optimism for next season, if indeed at all? I think I said at the start, I'd allow myself to get back into it. Um, you know, like watching the, the videos, seeing Bojan return. Um, I'd kind of begun to heart myself up, but this is kind of put on a big deflation again. Um, I'll be very worried if we go into the season without him. Um, I just can't see where our goals and our chances and our entertainment is going to come from. And that was a big one last season. Even when we did score goals and we we did grind out points, we, we weren't very entertaining. And for me, he's one of the best players we have at the club in terms of giving the fans a show. Um, it'd be such so gutting to lose that. Yeah, pretty much that's right. I mean, he's, he'd be such a difficult player to replace in so many different aspects of Stoke City. So I really don't want to see that happen. Um, yeah, I, I really can't add too much onto that because it's just... I had the exact same feelings. I was really excited when I woke up this morning for Stoke. We've got the the friendly today. We've got so much content going out on the Twitter, which we haven't seen for so long, which is lovely to see. And then they just slap you in the face with Arnautovic is probably leaving. And the whole sort of... As much as I understand Arnautovic maybe wanting to go to a big club, the whole transfer request system that sort of happens in football, really, I don't understand it. It kind of... It does upset me in a way. It's like, why, why, do you, why are you so desperate to leave the club when... You sort of you seem to he seems to have a nice time. He, he, we love him, so why would you want to leave? And that whole system of transfer requests just sort of irks me a bit. But at the same time, I I do understand that players want to move to a bigger club. Um, so yeah, it has it's knocked me for six. Okay, we'll move on to some uh, correspondence then. Uh, this this is as you can expect, been a really divisive one on Twitter. Uh, first of all, we we asked on our on our Twitter feed. At Wizards of Drivel. Okay, now we've all had a bit of time to breathe. What are your thoughts on the Arnie news now? Disaster, not a big deal. Matt 74 says, Arnie is bang on the money. I'll be absolutely gutted if he does go, worrying when players are stating lack of ambition. My at Josh Scoins has replied, I doubt lack of ambition will actually have an effect. They will pay him 100k a week, plus we won't. I know both of you have said um, you're not really, you, you don't really think he is going for the money, but on the face of it, He's going to a club same as ours, and essentially the difference between them and us is they can pay him a bit more, isn't it? I suppose that could be a factor if you know if we sold him a vision last year when he could have gone to Everton, and we told him Everton would have been um, again a sideways move. Whereas now he might see it and go, "Well, I didn't really achieve anything last season. Uh, I didn't really enjoy the football. Um, why not move to London in a nice stadium?" earning a bit more cash I mean it could be a factor and and it works as a a bit of a double benefit because it might even attract other clubs bigger clubs to the um, knowledge that he's wanted to leave yeah I think that's a great point I think well it's sort of the point that I'm making to myself to make me feel a bit better is that it's not just West Ham that he's sort of striving for he's he's doing it to make make the whole footballing world know that he is available and he wants to leave us for some reason um, obviously we've, we've heard about PSG being linked in the past and Milan um, so my hope my 
the the thing I would tell myself as I tried to get to sleep tonight will be that it, he doesn't want to move to West Ham. He wants to move to PSG. But then that was sort of pooed as well earlier when when the fact that he apparently wants to stay in the Premier League um, is in a couple of articles as well. So that'd be it'd be really devastating to see him in a Premier League club. Less so if it was abroad. Um, yeah. Why do this to us, Marco? <laughs> Why have you done this? Uh, Stokey UK says state of the Stoke fans on here if he wants to go let him go uh, Tim Whitehurst saying £30 million pounds or more cash in um, n- now only if we had a ready made replacement itching for his chance a lot of people have been uh, kind of pointing out maybe that some fans have been a bit too hysterical about this um, just saying well if he wants to go let him go uh, What? how would you react to that um, I mean, I don't know what they're what they've been watching for the last two seasons. If they are honestly that um, nonchalant about him leaving, because like I say, I'd be very worried. Um, he seems to be the source of our goals, the source of our entertainment. Um, I, some fans saying they pack him off. I, I mean, I just, I just honestly can't see it. But then again. Um, I've been sitting around them for uh, however many seasons uh, down at the um, the Brit or the Bet Six Six Five, you know. Um, so I knew, I knew always knew these fans were about, but I thought when push came to shove, they'd be genuinely as terrified as me about the prospect of him leaving. The thing is, Dave, the thing is on. about the hysterical thing. Sorry, is just one quick point. Like foot, football is there to get hysterical about. That's the whole point of it. That's why. That's probably the reason why we all love it so much because we're allowed to just have opinions and and go with it and think what we want. We're all allowed to be individual. So, if some people want to see on Twitch go, fair enough. Like I don't understand that view, but fair enough. I really want him to stay, and I'll be devastated if he leaves. But don't stop me from being hysterical about football because that's why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. You've you've got a right to get your knickers in a twist, Ben. By all means, exactly. Use it. It's my right. It's the constitution of football, <laughs> apparently. State of our fan base, though. That's all I'm going to say. Just um, <laughs> just the the people who wind me up on Twitter aren't the people who disagree with me. It's these people who make um kind of snarky generalizations about people and just being like, oh, the usual suspects getting their knickers in a twist again, right? Talk, talk to me if you disagree with me. You know, just, mm. just uh, the people who kind of sit on the sidelines making shots at our own fan base are kind of uh, just, just not helpful to any kind of discussion. And, and that's why we have podcasts like the Wizards of Dribble to invite a discussion, invite debate. Sometimes we'll just agree with each other, fine. But this is why we ask for correspondence. This is why we ask people to tweet us to, to perhaps present an argument we're not familiar with, or just. Or just the alternative argument. Uh, Paul Mark says, absolute disaster. Best player by a country mile. If he goes, Shaq won't be far behind him, which is uh, another point that's been raised. Like, Jordan Shakiri, big name player. He sat there. He sees uh, our other big player, if you like, uh, kind of want to leave. So, uh, what next for Shakiri? Could you see him being out the door? I mean, it's certainly not... Um implausible I mean I think it goes down to aspects even deeper than this as well in terms of how uh, aspects of the management and the fan base have treated some of our like flair players I say in inverted commas um, the way they um, seem so uh, like disrespected sometimes at the club uh, and un- un- 
uncherished, like they should be, in my opinion. Um, I mean, why why stay? Um, I don't I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, was that was that an event happening in the in the? Berahino, Berahino is continued as he finished last season. He was through on goal. Some lovely play by Telford and and Bojan and Peters. Yes, Peters. Um, and he's just completely <laughs> fluffed it and fell on his ass. So oh no! Oh, no, I've just seen that. Just caught up. Here we here we go. 2017-18 <laughs> oh. season. Um, yeah, and that Fun. that is that that was another worry of mine on Zach's point about the Shakiri and and just the atmosphere within the club. If you've got a star player and they want to leave, what does that say about the state of your club? Really, I know. Obviously, we've had it before where Stephen Zonzi has left and. And that was just pure ambition on his point to be, to play for a bigger club, and that's fair enough. But when it's like Marko Natovic is such a staple, he's such a talisman of what we're trying to do, I feel. So the fact that he wants to leave, it it, it worries me. And I, we've talked about being worried before plenty of times. But yeah, if when you've got a, like, especially Arnautovic and Shakiri, they've got they seem to have such a such a connection. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if, if Arnautovic left, um, Shakiri would would sort of consider it as well. Okay, uh, we we asked this uh, the question about ambition on Twitter as well. Um, Chris uh, says lack of ambition is rubbish. Money's there if the player is, and money being ploughed into stadium improvements. And it's early July FFS. Um, but in a complete contrast, uh, Old McMurphy on Twitter says Sparky has killed any passion at the club, underperforming week in week out. If I were a player, would want to leave too. Tom Thrower, as you might expect, says, yes, penny-pinching and not sacking Hughes when they had the best chance to, points to a lack of ambition. Uh, at The Real Honcho again says, no, spent money on players in the past, likes of Shaq, Berhino, Allen, Imbula, spending money, upgrading the stadium, coaches savvy with money. It's really it's really divided people. This um, It's because it, it calls into question the state of the club as a whole. It's not just one player in a transfer saga it's kind of bigger than that in a way because it is probably our best player and it's and it's a transfer that's potentially involving another club our level it's uh, it's it's that that's why everyone seems to be in complete disagreement with each other because they have dif- different ideas about uh where the club is heading yeah totally can i can i say there's bit, there's been a bit of a miracle um over in Switzerland, Arnautovic has gone down injured. Let's hopefully hope it's like a six-week injury, so he, oh, he can't get transferred and stays. He, he has stays gone down. Stoke. The the, he's hold, the he's plot holding thickens. his legs. It, he looks in pain. It looks serious, but you you almost never know with Arnautovic sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't see that. Was that a Zamax player or one of our own players? It 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 was Arnautovic tried to do a cross with his left left leg and it was so bad I thought he was Eric Peters originally and he sort of twisted his leg or something and now he's lying down. Well, he's definitely going off. In some the, pain. Um, the, 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 he's definitely going off anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people suggesting this max of his agent trying to and make get an improved deal or something. What what do we think of that? Um, I, I'm not sure I believe that. I, I think he's already one of our biggest earners at the club, and it, like I said, the new deal being only a year ago, I think it, I think it probably comes down to um, the perceived kind of acceptance of last season, um, both in the fact that okay, Hugh stayed, but since 
since he uh, since the summer we haven't really gone out with a signal of intent yet and proven that we want this next season to be different and I think a player like an out of it probably wants to see something like that okay he might not want Hughes to leave uh, per se but he might but I don't think a player with a, an out of it's ambition would, would have been happy with last season at all and to see the club not really do much at all is probably alarming for him um, well we're, we're trudging off the pitch uh, in Switzerland it's nil-nil between us and uh, Jamax um so yeah, I, I, it, this was kind of a, a late, a late addition to the Wizards of Drivel schedule, just because we we kind of wanted to have this conversation about Arnautovic and, and and see what we thought and see what you guys thought as well. We'll we'll run through uh, some some more reactions just before we go. Um, Ian McNally says if he can't handle the pace here at Stoke and wants to take a step down a level to go and play at West Ham, let him go. It's a perfect opportunity for Ramadan. We've seen flashes of how good this youth can be. Let's see more of it. Ben, are you taking the uh, introduction or or just the or just more game time for Ramadan Sobi as a as a positive from this? Yeah, I mean, if if, if it means Ramadan gets to play a, a sort of a, a starring role, then that is definitely a positive. You have to take any positives in a situation like that. But Ramadan didn't get to play that much. Um, last season as we all know and and the cynic in me is just thinking if Arnautovic leaves would we play Ramadan or would we get someone else or would we play Charlie Adam out of position on the left wing I don't even know um, so with trepidation if if Ramadan started sort of as much as Arnie started last season then I think that would be a positive because I think he would do a bloody good job yeah I mean uh, so, sorry um, I mean uh, I would Love to see uh, Ramadan play more games, but I think the argument used by Hughes last season was he was young and they needed to protect him. So, how would he survive being our uh, first choice um, left mid for everything every week? Um, I don't think he he probably wouldn't play most weeks again. Um. Uh, Phil Shepka with an interesting thread of tweets uh, here. A lot of fans saying the Arnautovic situation shows a lack of ambition from Stoke. Conversely, I think it shows Arnie's lack of ambition. I mean, why would anyone want to make the most sideways move in Premier League history from Stoke to West Ham? Is there that much of a difference? But I know for a fact I wouldn't turn down a whopping load more cash for what is effectively the same job, mid-table Premier Leagueness. And as much as Stoke fans love Arnautovic, he would need an incredible man-manager to use his talents properly in a Champions League club. His time at Inter pretty much proves this, meaning his potential lack of ambition to get a top club would probably be totally understandable. Anatovic is now just displaying the characteristics of a human being, making the best out of the situation he finds himself in. I can agree with some of that, but I think the sort of Inter Milan line that would he like he'd have to take a lot of man management if he was to go to a Champions League club is a load of bollocks. To be honest, like. He's, that's as if he hasn't changed it since when he joined Stoke, which he has done a great deal, as we all know. He's completely changed his character. I think he he could be very petulant at the start, and and some people might still think he is that that kind of that kind of. I don't think he is. I just think he likes to win. He likes to be playing in a team that's successful. So playing in a Champions League club probably suits him right down to the bone because when he's in the mood, he is in the mood, and and he would do fantastically well. I think at a Champions League club, maybe the stuff about moving sideways, I do agree with. I don't think. He should be doing that. I think he could certainly play for a better club. But having said that, as I, I, th- I think the sort of thread mentioned a bit, he's, he's getting old now and maybe he's not got that long to sort of 
sort his 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 finances out, and maybe that's in his mind. I mean, he, he hasn't got that long left in his career. Maybe maybe that comes into play. We haven't even discussed sort of the personal side of being a footballer, um, which I always sort of try to keep in my back of mind. But yeah, it, it, if he went to a Champions League club, I guarantee he would absolutely smash it. Well, well, you say that, but we've always said like. If Arnie was totally consistent all the time, then then he would go to one of these top clubs. And it, it I mean, I'm interested as to why it was Everton last summer and West Ham this summer. If is he as good as we think he is, given that no none of these top clubs are really sit or seem on paper at least to be willing to uh, take a chance on him. Um, I think. The the consistency thing is a bit of an odd one because I think he I think he gives us a lot every most every game he plays pretty much even if it's not necessarily in a um, goals or assist capacity I think he works a lot harder than people give him credit for uh, he's proven himself over the last three or four years to become a real team player he's got some real good leadership qualities out there as well I think um, I'm I'm not quite sure why why a big club hasn't come uh, calling especially last uh, season before last. Um, I I don't really know, uh, but I suppose I could I could see where you're coming from there. Uh, Adam Plant says, uh, if he wants to go, then he must go. But we need to invest big time. We we need a few quality signings now. Um, Craig Williams says, it's what happens. Players come, players go. Sometimes we are angry and upset. Sometimes we are driving them out the door. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's an emotive issue. Uh, absolutely, um, but the good news, lads, is he he might have got a really serious injury in this in this friendly, <laughs> and uh, he he we he might just only recover in September. So uh, fingers crossed. We, <laughs> God, uh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, the positivity and good vibes of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Um, <laughs> just a just a heads up about uh, stuff we've been doing over the summer. As you're probably aware, we've got two interview episodes out. Uh, one with Anthony Bunt of Duck Magazine and one with Danny Higginbottom, Stoke Hero himself. So obviously check those out. Uh, we've got stuff going out on Patreon. We've got articles going out on the wizardsofdrivel.com. So if you want to help us out and uh, just thank us for our, our lovely content, uh, a five-star review on iTunes wouldn't go amiss. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, hopefully, in a couple of days' time, we can talk about on out of it signing yet another new contract at Stoke, and <laughs> we've signed we've signed five players that are really good as well. So, you never know. Just fingers crossed, everyone. It's going to be a long summer. Go on, Stoke.